On RSN Racing and Sport, we celebrated International Women's Day. And on Wednesday, we caught up with Lauren Moore, the wife of jockey Daniel Moore, also with Brooke Innes, Greyhound trainer, and to Kate Gath, the Miracle Mile winning driver. I hope you enjoy. Well, it is International Women's Day, and uh, we're going to have a number of guests in this first hour. In a little while, we'll be joined by Miracle Mile winning driver Kate Gath, also leading Greyhound trainer in Brook Innes. They'll be in this first hour. Given that we've got a 3.05 start at Sandown, uh, we've got uh, some meetings that will begin in this hour a little while later in Sydney, but we wanted to welcome in some guests and and on this day around the world it is international women's day and our first guest well the surname will be known and that is moore m-o-o-r now daniel moore is uh, very much one of our top line jockeys but the, the better half of the family uh is joining us this afternoon in lauren come a little bit closer to that microphone uh hello to you and welcome to rsn Thank you for having me. What a pleasure. Well, it's fantastic to have you in on this day. And I want to make this not just this day, uh, International Women's Day. I want more female voices to come in and be a part of our RSN family. But, uh, Lauren, we thank you for coming in. And we'll get to Daniel and all that sort of stuff. Does he like Daniel or Dan? Both. We both? Can buy both. Okay. When you're serious, you're calling Daniel. When of he's course. in trouble. Yeah. Yes. When he's in trouble. Yeah. Um, so you told him not to listen. So I wonder if he really is listening <laughs> at home uh, before he heads out. Um, Lauren, you work at Racing Victoria, um, and uh, we want to learn a bit more ab- about that role, but also about the the role of being a wife to a jockey and things in our chat this afternoon. So tell our listeners what you do at Racing Victoria. Well, actually, I started at Racing Vic um, 10 years ago. Um, I started out in the procurement role with Dean Cruz. We all know Dean. um, Bad cop. Uh, And that role has led me into so many different um, roles throughout Racing Victoria. Um, I have worn many hats. So I'm currently in the International Logistics Manager role which I've held for three years, um, right. and we're working alongside Paul Bloodworth. So that's really, you're starting to already think, we might be in the Melbourne Festival of Racing now, it's autumn, but yes. you're already starting to think about springtime. A hundred percent. And um, obviously this year we're going into 30 years of international racing. So um, so yes, this is a big year for us, uh, and we want to start pushing that out there and um you know, connecting back with those European trainers um, and the Japanese trainers. So, and I think Paul is already onto that. Yeah. Um, organising his trips overseas, um, and then I will just be here um, doing all the logistics of it. I will say, thirty years, gee, uh, Dermot Weld's days yes. of coming out to Sandown and getting amongst it—it's uh, it, gone very quickly, and they've had good success in the time that they've been coming here. They have very much so, yeah. um, and I'm just so thrilled that I've been a part of that for the last three years. Um, you know, I, I actually started in this role as an assistant to Jane Rogan right. um, back in, I think it would have been 2013, um, and since then, obviously, grown some really great relationships with a lot of the stables, um, stable hands, trainers across the world. So it's been an amazing um, experience. It it must be, but in regard to, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, for our listeners, uh, when they see a Joseph O'Brien or they see a a trainer that we, 
you know, might have on RSM when we do an international show. But mm. if they're, if, you know, sometimes you take it for granted the people that you're meeting. Uh, 100%. In the you, roles that we've got. You really do. And I, it wasn't until the last few days where I've really thought about the people that I've personally grown to know. Um, you know, I've had great conversations with Joseph and his partner and, um, you know, Frankie Dettori, mm. Um so many jockeys that have come over um, and so I am very fortunate you know it's funny when young Joseph O'Brien came over for his first ever Melbourne Cup um, I was running around aimlessly trying to find Panadol for him right. um, in the committee room because he just landed in Melbourne with right. a terrible migraine and um, you know Hours later, he's winning his first Melbourne Cup. Staggering. So, you know, to, to be a part of that yeah. is, is so rewarding for me. Stories that you you can tell forever, really, aren't Correct. they? Yeah. 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 yeah, they're great stories. Hey, uh, this was going to be a time with you, but I note that Brooke Innes has arrived, so I may as well drop in and say hello, Brooke, and come a little bit closer to that microphone. The girls are a bit nervous about the microphones. <laughs> Brooke, welcome to RSN on International Women's Day. No, thanks for having me. It's a um, pleasure to come in studio. It's usually always on the phone with some barking dogs in the background, but um, no, happy to be here. And uh, this is Lauren Moore. Hi, Lauren. Uh, Daniel Moore is a jockey, <laughs> but Lauren is making her own piece of life at Racing Victoria, and um, now at nine minutes past one, we welcome in another of, well, when was it? Saturday night at the very best level, winning the Miracle Mile in harness racing. Kate Gath, welcome to our International Women's Day. Thanks for having me. It's fantastic. Have you, that's Brooke Innes, Greyhound oh, yeah. trainer. Oh, yeah. Hi, Brooke. <laughs> yeah. And, and this is Hi, Lauren Moore Hi. over here. Um, it's fantastic to have you all in uh, for this hour just to have a chat. Don't worry, Lauren. I'm you, look, gonna... you look like a deer in headlights there, Andrew. Uh, well, I am. In, in I, am. I need someone to come in here and take a photo of this. <laughs> it's, it's been a long time since he's been this popular. Yeah. That's right. Um, I've got some hard questions coming up, John Henry. I might not be popular. No, I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. Um, so, Brooke, thank you for driving up. Uh, Lara? Lara, yes. And you've come from a base with greyhounds. So how many have you got in the kennels down there? Oh, we're pretty full at the moment. It's a little bit hectic. But um, in saying that, there's probably about 14 to 15 that are in, uh, like, work, so training work. And then, obviously, you accumulate a few old ones that um, you get attached to and hang around a bit. And and then I've also got 10 one-year-old pups there. So um, they're obviously just starting out life now and looking forward to the next, you know, year or so with them. And for non-greyhound followers, what's the best one in the kennel? Oh, it'd have to be Amron Boy. He's yeah. um, just recently won a group one and I think he's up to nearly 500000 in prize money. So um, it's been a really fun, but um, for greyhound people or followers also, they would know a little bit frustrating over the last six months for us, but um, no, I wouldn't swap him for anything in the world. He gets those niggles occasionally. Yeah, he's, or he just forgets to put his nose in front of wow she's fast <laughs> <laughs> no well that, 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 it's been fantastic to watch amaron boy in such a quick time come to the scene and kate gath wanders in and go hey i'm a miracle mile winning driver how about that kate <laughs> yeah it was pretty good not something that i expected earlier on in the year it wasn't even a race that we had uh, you know planned out for catch a wave but after winning the chariots we got the run in there and then um he was just too good the other night now i want to take you back to Saturday night, and uh, I was at home watching it and wanted to see all the Victorians run well. 
And then they started to go off on the mobile and suddenly I saw a horse in the background with a handler and I'm thinking, I wonder what horse that is. And then it was catch a wave. So take us back to that moment when the rest of the horses were starting to slowly go off with the mobile and you could sense that there was an issue. Yeah, it's not a great feeling, but we had a bit of a gear malfunction and we were able to resurrect that and and go for take two. So very, uh, very grateful that we could correct that and we were right to go. And within two and a half minutes of that, you're winning a miracle mile. That's how quick it happened. Yeah, it was very quick. And, you know, once we got, got that out of the way, it was all focused to... You know, have a crack when the gate went and see what happened. So it's fantastic now on the TV. You can actually see the speed of the horses in harness racing. They show you, I don't know how how I don't know how they come up with it. Is there something on the gear or I, I don't know? I'm not sure. I haven't noticed. I, I don't think we do it at Melton, but I noticed at Menangle that the speed's in the yeah, bottom corner. because so. you were doing, when, when you were trying to get to the lead and hold it, you were doing just over 60 kilometres an hour. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's normally what we, yeah, around that when we, move out the gate and then it backs off a little bit during the race well that was the clinch because you ran 25.5 for the first quarter which uh for non-harness racing followers that is extremely quick but then you were able to just to soften it off a little bit still going reasonably quick but softening it up that you had something left for the straight yeah that's right it made the difference getting the cheap second sectional that we got but 25.5 it's quick but at Menango it's not too quick I wasn't overly concerned when I saw that I just didn't want to get hammered for the rest of the way because mm. it would have would have made it pretty hard to win then but he went 26 out the gate and sat parked you know in the chariot so 25.5 yeah. was still comfortable low 25 is probably a little bit of a worry but I didn't panic too much then but did still back the speed off and I got away with that and then he was able to win. So that moment of coming back and uh, there was lots of horse movement, people coming down and things, but the hug with Andy, husband Andy there, could you sense that, gee, how, how good's this moment? We've won a miracle mile? I'd already sensed it before that. Oh, did you? I thought it was when Andy walked up to you. I thought, I, oh, hey. I actually didn't see him for quite a while. That, no. was a, that was actually a fair bit. I forgot he existed for a second there. It was just, it was just catching a, catch a wave and I and the owners, the Matthews family. No, um, I think there was some rugby player there as well, actually. I didn't get to meet yeah. him that was uh, doing the... Yeah, doing yeah. a little bit of promotion. I don't even know his name, actually, but I only noticed him in the photos after. So yeah. I was Who like, was oh, that strange yeah, dude standing in the photo? Yeah. But, yeah, no, it was it was such a great moment. But the whole you know, association with the Matthews family and mm. what had happened in the last few months with Richard's yeah. passing, and they were, like, all on track except for Pauline because Richard's wife, she, she hasn't been able to set foot on a racetrack since mm. his passing. I don't know if she will get there, but... Yeah. It was great. To, she was on the phone straight after to her family on track and Fantastic. I spoke to her straight after the race and, you know, he, you her family had nothing to do with the horses prior to Richard's passing. He just chucked them in the deep end with the horse and said, you know, you've got to take over and make my legacy live on. And they've all embraced it and they they couldn't believe it because they'd never been to a racetrack and they're like, what are all these cameras? There are cameras in their faces yeah, everywhere. Yeah. And But they were all, it was really emotional. Like they were, they, it was such a great feeling, but obviously very emotional as well that Richard couldn't be there on course, but it was something that they they really enjoyed and are really grateful for. Yeah, it's, it was a fantastic moment. Um, I'll identify you because for our listeners now, they'll start to know your voices. Obviously, they probably know Kate and, and Brooke a little bit, but Lauren, I'll come back to you. So you've heard the moment with Kate winning a Miracle Mile uh, when your husband Daniel's won a 
good race. And he's won a few in the last sort of 12, 18 months. What's the emotion like for you and the kids? How, how, how Do you get into it? You know, do you want to get out on the track and hug him straight away? Well, unfortunately, his first group one, or all his group ones actually, over the last couple of years, we haven't been on track due to COVID. Right. Um, so we've been at home in Ugg boots and trackies um, screaming from the couch. And yeah, I tell you what, the neighbours will all know what's going on in our house on well, those days. Well, he probably doesn't want you there any longer for any Group 1 race. No, no, that's probably right. Because he did have a good <laughs> run there, didn't he? Yeah, although I have been there for some um, quite good races, yeah. just never a Group 1. So we've got to tick that one off soon. So no what's pressure, it, Daniel. What's it like when he gets home from you know one of those big group ones? Uh, the emotion of oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah I, I actually, it's funny before in the lead up to the races that he has been successful in. Um, it's it's just a weird feeling. You actually usually I'd get sick in my tummy, but mm. it's it's a my chest starts pumping, my heart's pumping. And and every time he's been successful, that's what happens. And it's uh, yeah, he can't. Ex- he, it's mm. the adrenaline. Yeah. The kids are screaming, crying. Jack just is beside himself. But um, yeah. Now I learnt uh, prior to coming on here. So Jack's twelve and Penelope's eight. So yes. are they showing any signs of wanting to do what Dad does, or or Mum? Jack is not interested, which right. is great. He's um he's just entered high school, um at St Bernard's. He's sport mad, mm. but definitely not racing mad. So that's great. Penelope, I'm a little bit worried there. Wow. She's eight going on 18. Um, took her to the sales the other day. Wanted to buy a $250,000 horse. Um, <laughs> As you do and take eight. it home, yes. Yeah. Um, and she, yeah, so she loves horses. Don't know. She says she wants to be a jockey, but we'll, we'll just see. Yeah. Eight, eight. Every, every other day she wants something different, right? Yeah, I was so. going to say, we're all like that. At 8 to 15, we're all a bit sort of moving around the place, Correct. aren't we? I mean, yeah. I'm still there. Yeah. Are you? <laughs> yes. You still there, uh, Brooke? Yeah, a little bit. To yeah. be honest, it depends what kind of day you're having, I yeah. guess. Right. Yeah. How young Definitely are you? Definitely in winter. How yeah. young are you, Brooke? I'm 35. 35. You're a young-looking 35. You. Am I allowed to say that these days? I'm, I've got to be careful. Late, what yeah. I can. Yeah. It's a bit late. Are we in delay? or can yeah. we... um, So, Brooke, how did you get... Tell, again, our listeners that may not follow Greyhound Racing, how did Brooke Innes get into Greyhounds? Yeah, it was never um, something that I was brought up in as such. I never came, well, I haven't come from a racing family. Um, I was young. I think I might have been 14 or 15 and just got a job at the local Greyhound track, just needed a little bit of cash and kind of progressed from there. And I, I worked there right up to I was probably 20, 21, maybe even a little bit older. I progressed into full-time, did some administration work and, and so on and um moved around the clubs a little bit, did a little bit at GRV, things like that, and um, obviously met Jamie on my travels. And, um, yeah, and then early days um, of being with Jamie, it still wasn't something that I was interested in. It's, um, you know, I love the dog Mm -hmm. and I love the animals, but it wasn't something that I had a passion for. And um, quite frequently I'd say, no, this is your career, this is what you want, and I'll keep, you know, just trucking along doing Mm -hmm. what I like. And, um yeah, and then unfortunately it came to a stage where I'd had to um, help out a little bit more and, um, yeah, it just kind of went from there. And obviously um, he's very much the brains behind our operation. I know it says my name everywhere, but um, I 
couldn't do it without him. He's, you know, we all play our own little part. But, yeah, um, yeah now I just um, kind of follow in the footsteps and, yeah, we go about our own little way. So have you, uh, you're the name there. So have you completely fallen in love with what you do now as a trainer? Yeah, I think it's... Um, it's probably not so much the training side for me. It's more the the fact of the animal and watching them progress into what they are when they get to the races. It's um, I think it myself. It's really enjoyable watching them just learn learn the caper and and grow up and watching their excitement when they do go to the races. Um, you know, or watching the ones at home get angry when the others go without them. So um, yeah, I like to watch them grow up and um, watch them become capable of what they do. Now, Kate, to you, uh, and I remind our listeners, we're about five minutes away from the sixth Meadows Greyhound race. So, Kate, how did you get into harness racing? You're obviously linked with it now with Andy. We know that the GAT name has been synonymous, but how did you get into it? Oh, I just married well, Andrew. <laughs> that was a sim- no, I, I, I think you can, you, you can drive, I reckon. You've known a little bit about it. Yeah, no, that's not true. I was born into harness racing through my dad. You know, initially I was uh, I was born in Port Pirie in country South Australia and he had always he was a postman but he had 20 about 20 or 30 horses in work as well so they were the days when your mates came around and gave you a hand and he had his dad that bed up in the mornings and you had it was like 40 degrees every day in Port Pirie during summer Mm. and he'd you know somehow get them worked after work and I never had much of an interest in them early days I just I was probably about 14 and think dad had a really busy day and I was I just said I'll give you a hand and I did have a pony when I was younger but I didn't enjoy it so mm. after that I sort of have nothing didn't have much to do with him until this one day when dad was busy and um, I just drove fast work and then 16 and got my license and had no idea what I was doing but drove winners <laughs> what was it what was that like then getting on you know on the sulky with a horse in front of you for the can you remember that the first time I think I had a couple bolt on me a few, a few times <laughs> I remember dad being in the middle of the track with his hands out like I remember coming back to the stools and sparks all out of their feet when they put the skids on I was like did you have to put me on that one dad but no um I didn't have much idea then I guess and it just got you know, improve pretty quickly and yeah. the horses jumped out of the ground when I jumped on them compared to dad and um, I think at that time maybe the weight issue and yeah. uh, I was, yeah, like I had a fair few winners early I guess and then yeah, continually got better and then met Andy and he, yeah, really probably made me into what I am today. So on that, um, you bring up a good point that I was going to ask somewhere in this but I'll bring it up now and that's the, when you watch a harness race, and the sulky behind the horse, and then the driver sitting on the sulky. So in the good old days when I was growing up, and and a a bit younger than where you are now, Kate, but there were big drivers. So I can say that as a male, because at that stage it was just male drivers, and they were big blokes. Mm. So now they get Kate Gath on a sulky, and they're they're pulling you much lighter. It's got to be an asset, hasn't it? I think it has to. It, weight doesn't seem to play as big a role in harness racing as it does the gallops, obviously. But if you think of over the last 50 years, the most successful drivers have been pretty small mm. and pretty lightweight. So I think it definitely does play a part. But we've also had successful people that are a little bit bigger as well. So mm. I think maybe hands as well, a, a combination of things. But it's not something where we have to starve ourselves to, yeah. you know, I'm grateful that I'm in harness racing and not the gallops. <laughs> don't know if I'd still, still be doing lunch. it if I had to. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I can still eat yeah. and eat on the way to the races. Or, In fact, before the chariots, it, there was a massive storm that went through and I was yeah. still back at the hotel. And he's like, I don't think this meeting's going to go ahead. 
So I might have had a little bit of room service. Oh, what'd you have? What'd you have? Go on, what'd you have? Uh, it was just a side dish, but it might have been crab mac and cheese, which mac and cheese isn't something that I normally would eat. But I was like, I'll just give it a whirl. Like, I'm probably going to have to come back next week for this race. And then luckily I didn't eat too much of it. I was still a little bit careful, but I was like, oh. The, the meeting has gone ahead. I don't normally eat before I drive much. So that was a little bit different, but it didn't hinder us in any way. No, I must admit, there's nights here where I haven't had anything to eat during the day in here because you get busy and you just work. And then so I, I, you buy that sneaky Mars bar, you know, and you think, I'll get rid of the Mars bar before I walk in at home because then my wife can't say, you've had, you know, you've been naughty. So you do that, but you do it once and get away with it. There's the second time. I reckon you, you'll have room service a few times now, won't you? Oh, I don't know. I'm a little bit careful in that sense. And um, it's funny because uh, Clayton uh, Tonkin, he's like, uses small drivers a lot. And we saw each other after the race. We were back at the hotel and they were eating Maccas in the car park with Mark Pitt, their driver. Yeah. And Mark's like, oh, yeah, I can eat now. And I was like, well, I kind of had room service before the chariots, <laughs> so I'm not sure. Nah. <laughs> and I beat you, so, yeah. So there's many different ways to do things, I guess. Hey, uh, Lauren, um, uh, Kate just mentioned the brand, Maccas. Mm-hmm. So uh, is, it, is it ventured into it all in the Moore family? That Daniel is a jockey and he's got to watch it. So, do you you're mindful of him? Oh, look, I think um, being with Daniel for fourteen years, I think we've sort of passed that point. Um, he's very regimented in in everything that he does. Mm. He gets up early um, when he does need to watch what he eats. He's very good like that. But he also understands that we've got kids, and I get very hangry, so I need to eat as well. Right. Um, and he'd rather. You'd Keep be his happy. mouth shut. Yeah, yeah. You'd be happy. <laughs> and watch me eat. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. We we do. I am a little bit mindful, but he, again, he he's he just does his thing. So. And Brooke, I reckon quickly as a greyhound trainer, you'd just feed the dogs mackers, wouldn't you? Hundred <laughs> percent. Huh? So, generally after a race, we're always in the mackers drive-through, and yep. it's um it gets a little bit hard not to get yourself something. Lauren, to you, can I ask you about how the roles have changed for you? Say. Um, not only with your husband, mm. but also working with Racing Victoria and the brand and people getting used to having you as an international person working with them. Were there times where you thought, gee, this is hard? No, I must admit, um, and I speak personally um, because I can't speak for anyone else, yeah. I think that um, I've never really felt that divide between a man and woman. Yeah. Um, my mum from a very young age instilled... Um, a really good work ethic. Yeah. So I've always I started work when I was twelve, sweeping up hair in a hair salon in Pearsdale. Right. Um, so you know I've I've always given hundred and ten percent. My mum always made sure yeah. that I would work hard. So yeah. and I have ever since then I've worked, and I've never I think that I've never really experienced that divide because yeah. I've just head down bum up, and all my successes have just come from. The way I've worked, I think. And the one thing with with uh, thoroughbreds is is the uh, the way that female jockeys have come into the game. We'll mm. get to harness racing in a moment with the drivers that that sport's got. But the caliber now of the female jockey that rides in Victoria, uh, we've had a couple in this morning with Michael Felgate. I mm. mean, uh, the, they have risen to new levels, really, haven't they? Oh, extremely competitive. It's um, yeah, phenomenal. And well done to them. Yeah. They, I mean, they come through an apprentice school. Uh, they've got to do the hard yards yeah. uh, like anybody. But uh, it is a, a position that people, once they get there and start 
getting around the different tracks, it's pretty hard to, you, you love what you do. I think it definitely comes down to your attitude, the way you, you perceive things, yep. the way you go about things. And if you work hard, you put, you put the effort in, you will succeed. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter what profession you're in. No, no, exactly. So, Kate, for you as a female driver in harness racing, because there have been increasing numbers, hasn't there? Yeah, like the driver's room's always full, the female driver's room at the races now, and it definitely once wasn't like that. But I'm the same as Lauren. I've I've never felt the divide either. Mm. And obviously I've had people come before me that have knocked that on the head and smashed through the glass ceiling, so to speak. So I'd like to thank those because I just never have. And obviously if people are giving Andy a horse to train, then they know that I'll be driving it. So Mm. there's never really been an issue there. When I was younger... Um, and we had a horse in the Hunter Cup. I think I was 20, and I think Andy did say to the owner, you know, if you want another driver, a more senior driver, you can. And that owner, yeah, said, no no way, I'm happy to have Kate on it, and I was lucky enough to, to win that race mm. as well. So mm. I guess once you win those races or a race of that, um, a Group 1 race like that, people are happy to say, oh, she can do it, you know, we're happy to have her on. But, yeah, yeah I've been lucky enough never to have experienced it. So, mm. um yeah, I guess I'm one of the lucky ones. And what about Greyhound Racing, Brooke, uh, from where you've come from? Um, ha- has there always been the you know, the satisfaction? I guess there's a group of you now that do, are official trainers within Greyhound Racing Victoria. Yeah, I think um, the same with uh, both girls. I've, I've never really experienced it either. And um, I'm a big believer as well. The harder you work, the, um, you know, the more success you have. And obviously with animals, it sometimes doesn't always go to plan. But I think with a lot of the male trainers um, before me and, and even nowadays, um, you know, there's generally a really good woman with them, yeah. beside them. And, yeah. um, you know, you, it's hard to have animals and, and do it yourself so um i think you know these days there's generally always a good woman there and um yeah it's you know the more we see now our melbourne cup winners are, are females such as andrea daly and we've got um jackie greeno who trains yeah. wow she's fast who's the highest earning greyhound we've ever seen so um yeah i think women are really doing well these days they're, they're having a crack and dedication just gets them there I say it at home occasionally, uh, you know, when it's at men's day, you know, I'm, and my wife just calmly says, it's every day is men's day. Does Andy think that? Andy Gath think that? No, he does everything. Like, I'm, I'm just lucky. I, we don't have kids because I'm like a kid to him. So, so he says he doesn't want any more. Um, so I've, I've been so lucky. Like if he wants food, he has to cook. Fair to go? Yeah. No. So you'd no. be no good with me, no, Andrew. No, I was going to say, you would not cope, we're, we're no match at all. Yeah. No, so, it's over that one. Yeah, nah, nah. so he's very now nah, he's always been a really uh, independent. Like he's happy in his own company and stuff like that. So he's yeah, we, it works well for us. So we've lasted so far. So okay. if I got chucked out in the real world, I don't know how well I'd go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what about now uh, the, the wife of a jockey? Okay, so we mentioned Maccas earlier. So I've got to then come back to you and say how difficult, how hard is it? Hard? You're now probably used to it in some way, but. <sighs> He's come home from the races. He's had you know, a couple of seconds and he's a bit grumpy and whatever. And then he, you know, minimal food because he might have to ride down weights. Is it hard dealing with a jockey as a husband? 
Look, it's not glamorous. And I want you to be honest too. Oh, honest, I'm, please. I am always very honest and I think that scares Daniel a little bit. <laughs> but no, look, um, we have had um, many ups and downs. You know, racing, very, you know, highs, lows, riding the roller coaster. Yeah. Um, but we, look, I've just learned to not say, how was your day? <laughs> Okay. When he's had right a bad on. day, right? Um, are you one? You what? Are you watching him or listening to the the day as he rides? I, I try. Um, obviously, with work, sometimes that's very difficult. Or yeah. running around after the kids yeah. um, can be difficult. But I, you know, usually have it in the car. Yeah. Um, I'll stop on the side of the road, or I'll be at the supermarket, and I'll be yeah. screaming for him um, like a crazy person down the aisle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think you sort of just learn to. Choose your words yeah. wisely. You know, yeah. um, but yeah, look, it's 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 difficult. Yeah, um, we know the game; it's relentless. Um, but I think over the years as well, we've actually learned to handle those lows really differently, um, and take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, you know, face the, face face them, move on. Um, so I think that's been really good. Yeah. Because um, yeah. we do, like I mentioned, the group one wins earlier that you, you, you celebrate them, of course. You celebrate course. them. But there are more probably downs than ups, aren't there, in this game? Any, any of the three codes, there's 100%. more downs. Yeah, definitely. But I think as an overall, all I can say is that um, even with the lows, we have been so fortunate for everything that we have um, experienced over my 14 years yep. in this industry. Um, you know, we've travelled the world. The kids have lived in Singapore. Um, you know, we have just been very, very lucky. So we know he's listening because you told him not to listen. Yeah. So we know then, once you say to someone, don't listen, then we know that he's listening <laughs> right now. So then I've got to pose the question, what's his worst attribute? Oh, dear. Oh, Oh gosh! Yeah, you come on. The questions without on, notice. No, well, yeah, it's questions really, without notice. Yeah, I, you should have uh, given me the heads up. Okay, here. so there's there's many. So oh, there's, oh, there's many. Oh, I thought you were struggling to find one. No, 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 no. Look, I won't ever throw him under the bus. Oh and, yes, you will. And all I will say is that Daniel was a very angry man many years ago, but right. he's he's learned to taper that in a little bit. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna my lips are sealed here. <laughs> It was different off air, Daniel. It was different off air. Uh, now, so so the other two have been warned. Okay, so uh, he's a stirrer, isn't he? This point? They can. I, I, actually, I was thinking this earlier. Each of you can ask me a question. Okay, can at I some, write it down for you? At some stage in the next whatever minutes, you can ask me a question. If you you don't have to, but if you want to ask me a question, then you can. I will just say though, Daniel is very particular. Okay. So that's probably his worst attribute. In, in what way? He just is so regimented that okay. he has his particular ways of doing things. What green socks or or is it? Um... Uh, you know, he irons his silks. Right. They have to. Be, you can't wash a towel with with in you know other clothes. Mm. Uh, very very particular. Okay, so he's so, got to wash towels with towels. Towels with towels. But what's wrong with that? As a male, I do that every weekend. Towels with towels. No, no. See, I, I'm a little bit lazy there. So, um, <laughs> no? I'm a little bit lazy there, um, and he can't stand that. So, okay. yeah. Right. So we butt heads a little bit there. Maybe we should be ringing Daniel Moore and asking him your worst attribute. Yeah, eh? yeah, probably. Yes. <laughs> Righto. Yeah. So Andy's in the car downstairs. He's doing laps, waiting for you to walk back out to take you wherever you're going. 
uh, Kate Gath. What uh, what's his worst attribute? Um, he doesn't iron my silks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. He's yeah. He just gets a bit. He gets in the zone on race day, and he's just a bit. You know. Um, he doesn't really have many, I guess. Yeah. We're together 24-7. Yeah. So yeah. we kind of... Does he um, get upset? Because you, you, we see him and he's always a bit bubbly. You know, it's mm. big races. You can get on edge and that's fine. But is he the same at home? Like, is he the same all the time? Uh, yeah, he's pretty... He is pretty much. He probably gets more on edge at the races than he does at home. So, yeah. but yeah, if I drive a bad race, I always get in first. So okay. he can't... <laughs> You know, yeah. I try to, and if I do, like, I don't try to be defensive of it or whatever, unless I think I didn't. But we don't really, we have a plan most of the time we go out on the racetrack. So, yeah. and mostly I do what I'm told. Um, so we really don't. Most times. Yeah, there's not many times where he gets really angry at me for a drive. Or, okay. There's just been one or two. I know if he's waiting out the parade ring when I come off the track, I'm in a bit of pain. Oh, yeah. When, when, he's, there, yeah. when he's not back I in mean, the... Yeah, if he's not yeah. back at the stores, I'm like, uh-oh. Yeah. But that's, that's very rare. So we get along pretty well. He's pretty... He's pretty um, fair like that. And, mm. yeah, he's just... He, yeah, he's pretty... He's pretty quiet person mm. as well. So yeah, he is. it works well for me. But that's the gaths too. They've always been... been a, Quiet, yeah, yeah, they yeah. are. People probably think he's a bit strange if they don't know him. But then, yeah, I got him on social media doing some posts at Tarkata, so now people know he's got a sense of humour. Exactly. No, he's I, not, he doesn't. He's not actually like he looks. No. He, <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's talk about Jamie um, with you, Brooke. Um, what's he like around the kennels? Does he get a bit edgy at times? What's he like? Yeah, I think um, it's. I suppose it depends how long we've got, really. But uh, oh no. all, all the time you want. He's probably very um, similar to Andy in a way. He keeps to himself as well. He, um, you know, certain race days you you'll find he's he's probably a little bit on edge, a bit quiet. But again, we're together all the time. Mm. Um, it's just we don't have any employees, so it's just us. We we have a really good routine, and I think the routine and the organisation is definitely from me so I, that keeps him him in line and um you know i think if we both are disappointed after a run um we tend to just keep our space from each other and there's a few weeks ago he doesn't always actually doesn't really come to the races with me so it's usually a little debrief in the car and and i don't think we spoke until i got home or even the next morning so oh. i think you know we kind of just know where we stand with each other now and you know if one's upset we just leave him be or or whatever but um he does have this tendency he tends to mumble when he talks and you know or you could be mid-conversation he'll talk about something completely different which <laughs> drives me insane <laughs> My patience isn't great for that, but um, no, I guess when you spend all your time together, you, yeah. you kind of really get learn about each other. each other and yeah, you get used to it. Okay. Now, have any of you, while I'm thinking about it, have any of you got a question for me? How long have you wanted to work for Relationships Australia? <laughs> <laughs> can uh, we get a counselling session with you? No, no. Marriage well, counselling. At my age, I can counsel and I can look after you, Kate. I, I, although I think that you and Andy, uh, I don't know. I know Daniel, of course. I don't know Jamie a great deal. But uh, listening to you, I think you've all got pretty happy lives. I mean, I don't know who wants to answer this, but you all seem... I mean, we all have downs and things at different times, but... Lauren, you're in a pretty good spot at the moment, aren't you? Just it, listening to it you. It all comes in with growth, I think. Yeah. You know, the, the last 12 months for Daniel and I have been very tough. Yeah. Um, in so many different elements. Yeah. But I think that it's it comes down to your personal growth. Yeah. And we've certainly grown from the time we've met 
you know, in, in the 14 years, we're, we're definitely not the same people that we were and we've, and we've adapted new things and way of doing things. So I think that's been really important for us, our mindfulness, everything. I think the three codes clearly show, including Greyhound Racing, that females are very much a driver of each code. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think um, from memory, Victoria's been, um, like you said, just calling a few races here and there. And um, I think she's a bit of a frequent at Hillsville on a Sunday even. And yeah. I don't think they would be the easiest races to call, especially from that tower. So, um, But like you said, I, she's done a f- tremendous job to um, even just call a few races, but now to be calling full meetings um It's really great for her. Yeah, it is for sure. I want to go back with uh, Lauren Moore about Singapore. So you've gone once, you've had good success, and then uh, you were searching or doing something. You weren't searching for what we're about to talk about, so you weren't weren't sort of thinking, oh, I wonder what Daniel's up to. (laughs) Uh, But you were were going through doing some work for him, and you found that he's going back. Yes, so like I started to say earlier, um, he had suggested that, you know, let's get out of winter. Yep. take three months and I'll go back to Singapore. And that was, um, you know, in passing. Yep. And then it was in December, I think I was doing his um, book work and <laughs> in his emails and saw an acceptance um, contract right. for Singapore. I was like, oh, okay, 1st of, first of April, he's off. Um, and, yeah, so we're pretty lighthearted. Mm. He does his thing. I do my thing. We never really ask questions. Yeah. And to be honest, um, it'll give me a bit of a break. Oh, really? <laughs> so oh, be, it might be a little bit nice. Now we're getting in. Now we're getting into it. We're warming into it. This is the stuff that we want. No, we don't. No. But, but he'll, so he's got a three-month contract. He does, yeah. yeah. We know Daniel, he gets itchy feet, so going to go and get that scratched yeah. and then he'll be back <laughs> yeah. in time but, for spring. But it, Singapore, he uh, just in the little conversations I had, it was a big opening for him to be able to get a contract like that a few years ago now. Uh, I think every contract that he's um, he's been able to achieve has just been amazing for yeah. him. Um, yes, yeah, Singapore was on one of his um, goals. Yeah. So I think to have had that and to be successful there like we we enjoyed two years there um unfortunately came home due to covid uh, and then again last year with hong kong yeah that was on the top of his bucket list so to have been there to to have ridden the winners that he did um was is still very a successful trip for him yeah. um so yeah he's been very lucky can I ask you uh, within your roles at Racing Victoria you mentioned at the start at this hour that you've had different roles along the way mm. uh, your international base now looking towards the spring but yes. um, having the mixture of roles uh, have you enjoyed that oh I've I've been very lucky um, Racing Victoria have always enabled me to grow and like I said I started in procurement um, with Dean Cruz um, I've tipped my foot into um, the integrity side yeah. I've done equine welfare um, running the off the track program um, prior to us going to Singapore I was even on the jumps review panel for some time um, so I've had many hats yeah. um, and every time I leave I just keep coming back so I'm, I call myself the boomerang um, well I saw you recently and, that, and this is when your uh, name came into my thoughts about coming in today was yes. the Asian Racing Conference uh, yes. you were a buzz down there at uh, the Melbourne Convention Centre how did you get through that sort of uh, period that was an amazing um, event to have been a part of I think that 
I, well, I, what had happened was I'd actually finished up with my international role in November and, and was the plan was to do nothing until August again. And then Jen Salem from Racing Victoria called me about a week later and said, what are, what are your plans? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I don't have any plans, Jen. Um, let me let me do my thing. Mm-hmm. And she said, I need your help. So I came on board. Um, it was hard work. It was exhausting, mm-hmm. relentless. There were many um, sleepless nights. I know that Jen is still going, but, <laughs> um, you know, to see come to fruition, yeah. um, to see Jen's um, vision work, work yeah. I think, was just an amazing part you know to be a part of that yeah well it was a, a, the one thing it, it all run smoothly from our end mm. it may have been swimming like there were, ducks there were, underneath there was a lot going on in the background yeah but um but it all to get worked. to that week yeah. and to see everybody the buzz we had over 750 delegates from across the world from all different racing jurisdictions yeah. um and to, to meet them on a personal level was really fun. Yeah, it, it was just been. a great week. Yeah, it was. Even just to, you know, where we were there, people walking past and yeah. looking, looking at, what's RSN mean? You know, they were mm. uh, people from overseas. Because one thing that we have the tendency of forgetting in Australia is that we've got racing radio stations because you travel anywhere in the world and mm. they haven't got anything. They don't, you know, some some places you can't even watch it. So. I think we were very lucky in Melbourne to showcase so many things that we do in racing. Yeah, yeah. So it was a, it was um, it was great to be at the pinnacle there. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. Mm. Kate Gath, um, a part of your love outside harness racing is running, and uh, even when you don't need to, you still do. Uh, and you did it. Uh, take us back to Miracle Mile last Saturday. Uh, so you had the big race at night. You were on one of the favourites, Catch a Wave. But what did you do in preparation for that? Oh, well, I've had a coach in running for like the past just over a year. I got one when I was running New York Marathon. So she just writes a program for me. So if it has to be done that day, it just gets done. And it was just a 5K park run, which I haven't done a park run before. So like a 5K Oh, mini just, race just a 5k yeah so um so i got to meet um the people at because i stayed at ridges at campbelltown which is yeah. near menangle so yeah. i just thought i'll just do the campbelltown one and the guy that runs it knew all about horses and the miracle mile and then yeah he's real he saw my name and realized who i was so um it was good to just catch up with people and yeah. to do that and yeah it was um just a fun way to get the day started and sort of my happy place running so, so how long's that take i've got no idea oh it took just under 20 minutes would have been good if it was a little bit quicker but there was a 3k warm-up and a 5k warm down as well so it was just perfect perfect for that day and um just set the set the tone for what was going to be a great night as well i know what i'm doing i'm eating maccas in the maccas restaurant that's what i'm doing instead of the 20 minute well, well i did i was meant to do about a 22k run on sunday and i was like oh i don't know how this is going to go i had to fly back I got upgraded to business, so that was a good thing Sunday (laughs) morning. Um, And then I had to get home and bring the horse in and feed up. So I may not have, you know, done my long long run until Monday. I gave myself Sunday off. So So the New York Marathon was the one where I think many of our audience uh, they came for the ride with you or the run with you because it was it was out there that you were doing it. I mean, how satisfying was that? Just to you know do it. Yeah, well, I, I got to do that through um, fundraising for EB yeah. Australia and that was such a you know great achievement to be able to 
um, raise over twenty thousand dollars for them. So, uh, but the experience itself was nothing I'll ever experience again. It's, yeah. They really do celebrate sport in the US like nowhere else. Yeah. Do you want to go back and do it again? Um, not that one. It was no. brutal. Yeah. Um, but there are six world major ones around the world, so it'd be fun to go back and. It would be good to do all six of those, but I'm not sure if I'll run out of time or money, which one first. I'm not sure how many years I've got got left in me, but um, I really enjoy it. Mm. So that would be that would be a huge, you know, bucket list item to do, but I'm not sure if I'll get all those done. If not, I'll just run them locally. So yep. the plan is to do Gold Coast in July. So And does Andy run? Andrew. Yeah, I know that. What do you think? That's why I'm asking you. Does no, Andy? Um, no, he, he doesn't. But he has passed. Does, he doesn't get in the car and go beside you, does he? No, but my poor dad did. Dad got on a dad got on a bike in my training long runs before New York with my water to pass me my water, and then um, he soon realised the bike wasn't fun, so he chucked the bike in the back of his Ranger and just drove. <laughs> drove instead. So Andy's doing all the work at home um, while I'm out doing this because it takes a lot of time and yeah. he was so good and just like he just lets me like do my thing so but he did used to run back in the day he said and his times are pretty good so he says he's he has a pretty ordinary back these days and has for quite some time so that restricts him now but I do it would be good to have a running buddy sometimes yeah, so I was if say. you live locally Andrew well I do I live locally to you <laughs> I, know. I, 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 know you I, do. I I come up past the Melton airport and I know that you're left and I'm thinking I'm going right yeah, I'm definitely going right. Uh, I'm not a runner. I could get in the car and and push you along in sitting in the car, but not yeah. not running. I can tell you. Um, Brooke uh, Amron Boy, you mentioned earlier, is the star of the kennel. So, what's the next few weeks? What's the next couple of months bring? Hopefully, with Amron Boy. Yeah, uh, he kind of threw a spatter in the works a couple of weeks ago. He, um, he's pulled up a bit sore from the Australian Cup constellation, and um, so he's going to need a couple of weeks off. Obviously, Perth was on the cards, the Perth Cup this weekend, and um, the Sandgroper, but unfortunately we've had to cancel all those out. And, um, yeah, look, it's just going to be see how he just progresses over the next few weeks. Um, I think the Geelong Cup, which is our basically our home track, is yeah. coming up, so it might be something we, we look forward to um and then obviously the the group races start at Sandown with the Harris and Dawson and things like that so we'll just be where he's at over the next few weeks and we'll go from there so at his best he's there isn't it you you saw that in the phoenix didn't you yeah 100% i think there's probably no question that um i might be biased but i 100% think he's probably one of the quickest dogs in the country when he gets mm. things his right mm. way he just has a few little quirks about him that brings him unstuck at times and he does tend to get a bit of un- unlucky stuff through his races as well. So, um, you know, th- all things going right, I, I definitely think he's right up there with some of the best. And I should ask you, Kate, where does Catch a Wave go? Yeah, so he's going to have a spell now and then get ready for the $2 million Eureka in September, which is exciting. You'll so... have a couple of hard rivals against you there. I know. Uh, you watch out. We've got a couple uh, coming at you. I can't wait. So, no, I think we're all in for a real treat. So you got Leap to Fame and... You know, Captain Ravishing, who we Kafaji. didn't see the best. Sorry, yeah, I missed that one. <laughs> um, you know, who we didn't see the best of recently, but Catch a Wave, um, I don't want to stop him for anything else. Yeah. So no. I went into the Miracle Mile um, happy with the horse that I was driving. I didn't want to swap him there. I didn't necessarily think I'd just come out and win either, but um, he's really emerged recently and yeah. we've always known the potential he's had. And Andy said, 
way back when he was a two-year-old that he was the best horse that he trained. So um, hopefully that can just continue and he stays sound and all of those things that need to happen. And, yeah, we can um, keep doing what we've been doing. Well, uh, it's got to two o'clock and uh, you were probably driving and thinking, how am I going to get, you know, like uh, he wants us, what, half an hour, 40 minutes? What, Lauren, (laughs) you've done an hour in here or near enough too. So I I, want to collectively say thank you to all of you. We shouldn't be doing this on a day like today, International Women's Day. We should be doing it more regularly. And that's certainly from my point of view, being a program director, I'd love to get all of uh, different voices on the station so for me personally uh, today's the starting point and yes. we want to do a lot more around it Lauren's going to be joining Marie McEwen in the mounting yard on Saturday oh, oh good Lord. I didn't tell you that did I <laughs> uh, no um, I told you I'm, a, I'm behind the scenes you're behind kind of the girl okay. so right. imagine yeah. what she'll this be able to do when, when Daniel goes away for three months oh, she'll, exactly. be, she'll be out no, there no, we'll, unstoppable uh, I'm just thinking of the list of things she can Carry my bags, uh, like if you want to be behind the scenes. You are actually coming, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can just carry my microphone, my golden (laughs) microphone, around or something. Uh, But uh, I don't know whether you should be saying that on a day like today. No, three women in the studio. Exactly. I knew I'd get somewhere in trouble. Yeah, you never know what you can. He nearly made it through. I nearly did. I'll edit that. I'll edit that (laughs) bit out. Lauren Moore, thank you very much for joining us. It was a Brooke, pleasure. Brooke Innes and thank also you. Kate Gath. I, I, I think it's fantastic that you've made your way into the studio and I hope our listeners have been entertained about um, not only your lives but your partner's lives. Uh, I think that racing is so special and I want to thank you all for coming in today. Our pleasure. Thank Good you, on Andrew. You. Thanks, Andrew.